Insight into instruction, combining and cultivating conversations between instructors and students. Welcome to Triple I Insight into Instruction. My name is Jamie. I'm Annabelle. And I'm Fabulous. But you can call me Thomas. Thanks for being here for our second snippet segment. As a quick reminder, snippet episodes are where we briefly break down materials to give you a preview of different sources and information. From there, we recommend that you delve into the topics or the information directly. Once you do, we would love to hear your thoughts. For this snippets episode, we will be delving into our teaching elementary mathematics class. Each week, we complete a weekly prompt to explore and complete a math journal entry. Today, we are exploring our personal beliefs about mathematical teaching and learning, having been given a chart listing unproductive versus productive beliefs. The first section reads, Mathematics learning should focus on practicing procedures and memorizing basic number combinations, versus mathematics learning should focus on developing understanding of concepts and procedures through problem-solving, reasoning, and discourse. Personally, I landed primarily on the productive belief sides of things at 95%. I think that the developing and understandings of concepts through problem solving and that discussions that can happen is where a lot of true number sense and understanding of math comes from. That being said, I had to give 5% to the side of procedures and number combinations because it was making me think about when you interact with students that are in higher grades around sixth through eighth is where I remember seeing it. And they missed that gap of learning multiplication facts, which for me was really easy to learn from a memorization perspective. And that's how a lot of kids are able to get that to click. And if you don't have the bricks to build your foundation with memorization and stuff like that, then you can't move on to higher order thinking. So what either needed to happen then is we needed to either lean into memorization or take the time to teach memorization in a way that was more leaning towards productive beliefs, but that could take quite a while while memorization can happen very quickly for students. And so that's kind of multiplication facts was my main reason for putting a little bit over onto the unproductive side. Right. I ended up doing the same thing. Um, I said about 10% for memorization and procedure and around 90% for understanding concepts and procedures through the problem solving, reasoning, all of that. Um, and I think the important part is that procedures and memorization are tools. So they can be really useful because if you don't know what you're doing to begin with, then you can't really do that higher level thinking in the first place. And then a lot of how I learned math was really doing that memorization, those procedures, which is probably why I struggle so much or have struggled in the past so much, is that it was just learn this algorithm, do it, but I never had a why to it. So the productive beliefs are definitely much higher percentage for me, but I do see that there is an importance in memorization. For me, it was before I even learned all of the new methods. Back in when I was learning math, I was definitely in the 
learning, just focusing on procedures and memorization and basic number combinations and just repeating the same operations over and over again to solve the problem. And I was able to unwork it. But going back to school and going through the elementary education program and even in case class back at Clark College, I was presented with new ways of thinking and new ways of learning and new ways of solving problems that were beyond my scope and beyond what I thought that I knew how to do. So I thought I was really excellent at math. And then I took a class and I realized that I didn't have the conceptual awareness and flexible thinking to be able to think differently about the same problem but solving it in other ways and unique ways instead of solving it just in an arithmetic type of way. Right. So now I believe that learning should focus on developing concepts and problem solving and reasoning and discourse with other individuals versus what I actually was taught through my whole school. Right, because the algorithms, and like we said, the algorithms are important, but it teaches you to follow blueprints, not be like an architect. And for someone who's a dyslexic, following a blueprint was amazing. Not gonna lie. The second section states that all students need to learn and use the same standard computational algorithms and the same prescribed methods to solve algebraic problems versus... All students need to have a range of strategies and approaches from which to choose in solving problems, including but not limited to general methods, standard algorithms, and procedures. So I feel like on a lot of these are going to be very similar. When I was younger, a lot of it was the unproductive beliefs. So like when I was learning math, it was that all students should learn the same standard of same algorithm, same standard, same prescribed method, and to solve the algebraic equation. But like I said when I in the last one, going through the program has definitely changed my perspective because even, me as an adult, I don't have that flexible thinking in math and in ways to think about the same situation but differently if we just change a couple of variables. If I don't have that 2x plus 4 equals something in that system, I may not know how to figure it out. But now I believe that if I had that productive beliefs, I'd probably be easier because math is its own language. So I feel like I'd be more flexible in my thinking about everything, including the methods, the standards, as well as like different approaches and strategies to solve the problems versus just one singular area. So I would give this area 90% and the other area 10% because there's some things that we just have to A squared plus B squared equals C squared. There's only so many ways you can actually look at that. Right, because it's like you had a script for math, not speaking the language of math. I agree. I have 5% in the algorithmic section and then 95% in multiple strategies, ranges of strategies, because I think there is something to knowing algorithms and methods. But knowing the multiple strategies as a student and having multiple strategies of teaching the math it's going to help everyone understand what I was talking about in the last question, why. So yes, I think there is a need for knowing algorithms and it is one of the methods. So having that is part of having multiple strategies. Is that one strategy the only way that you can do it and you need to only follow this way? That is the reason that I left college is because I was told by four people, if you do not do it my way, exactly the same way, I will fail you. 
and I think that is exactly opposite of what we need to be teaching our kids today. It's this may not work for you, but it's an option and it might work better for someone else. And here's seven other ways to do it too. Which one works best for you? Exactly. Like it's giving the strategies out. And I think that's the most important part is having them figure out the strategies, approaching if which strategy best works for them and then solving that strategy versus just having that one unique form. And I think that's where I kind of read the problem a different, a little bit different than you guys because I ended up having 100% on productive and zero on unproductive because of one key word we have within the productive beliefs and it's from which to choose in solving problems, including but not limited to, right? And then it talks about general methods as well as standard algorithms. And so because standard algorithms were included in the productive beliefs, I said 100%. Because like you guys were talking about, the algorithms and the algebraic thinking of just going through a process, it's a tool. It's a way to go. Mm -hmm. But over and over, Jamie, like you mentioned, and like a lot of the students that I've tutored, the issue with learning math doesn't have to do with the math itself. It's with being forced to do it a certain way. In a lot of the ways, it reminds me of how people who were left-handed used to have their hands like taped to a table and forced to write with their right hand. That's what just teaching algorithm is like. And you bring up an important point. Yes, it's very important as us teachers to have them show what they're doing. But if they can show in the way that makes sense to them, and it's showing that they get the answer, then what is they're still showing that they can solve the problem. They can still show um, standard competency. Then it shouldn't be a my way, a highway situation. It should be whatever best for the child and the student versus what's best for the teacher right they're understanding the core concepts yeah yes. and that's what all standard learning is all of our common core standards i see what you're saying with the mm -hmm. the format of the question basically it's saying taking these unproductive beliefs and incorporating them in within the productive beliefs so technically all of those are included so it should be a hundred percent zero percent i you read it all. I appreciate it. I looked at it and I did not see that one little thing, even though I we just spoke about it and everything too. But I think I just like had my eye to look at it in the first place because I was looking to see if algebraic problems or algorithm was included in the second one because that's what works for me the most. And I was like, well, I can't say that I agree with the productive beliefs if I operate personally within unproductive, but they're all there. So the third section says students can learn to apply mathematics only after they have mastered the basic skills versus students can learn mathematics through exploring and solving contextual and mathematical problems. So on mine for this, 90% went towards productive beliefs and 10% went towards unproductive beliefs. And that 10% is a bit higher than on previous problems because I think there needs to be that base level. Once again, this is because I've worked with students where the main issue wasn't even understanding the concepts they were learning now through really cool teaching techniques, but it was because there was holes in prior learning. And with those holes, it's hard to continue building their math knowledge. For me, I would put 100% on the productive belief side. The students can learn mathematics through exploring and solving contextual and mathematical problems. Because I believe if you can solve the problem and you, can and you show that you know how to solve the problem and you don't necessarily need the equation that it goes with it, 
this should be fine because you have been taught certain techniques in certain ways to solve the problem and they're able to show that demonstration and if you say okay here's another strategy which is the equation that you need to use then it should be fine so for my thoughts i put actually 10% towards unproductive and 90% towards the productive beliefs because I think that basic skills are necessary for scaffolding and understanding. So I guess an example would be if a student can't understand math due to not having basic knowledge and understanding of numbers themselves or counting, they're not going to be able to complete higher understanding problems. Mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah, they can explore math in certain ways, but they do need basic mathematical skill in order to be able to progress from that. Yes. Was my thought. It's kind of like the foundation. Yes. Just to be able to add, multiply in various forms, but still you are mastering those basic concepts, basic skills, but still you could do math even if you didn't have some of those basic skills. Because you can literally, instead of doing multiplication, you can add the same number so many times, knowing that there are certain groups of the single group and that many times of that group. I guess what my, my thing is, is they said they can learn to apply mathematics only after they've mastered basic skills. And for certain things, I think that is true. Mm -hmm. But for other things, you don't need basic skills. And it's also dependent on what basic skills you're talking about. Yeah. Do you know what a number is? Because that's right. a basic skill. Mm -hmm. Or you're talking more like, do you know the difference between counting numbers or imaginary numbers? Or, you know, how in depth are we going with this basic skill? Or right. like square root or like squaring something like understanding the concept behind that yeah or i was even thinking about long division and can you imagine trying to know how to do long division and do it with precision if you didn't know multiplication like you're one through tens right true very true in the fourth section the unproductive belief is the role of the teacher is to tell students exactly what definitions, formulas, and rules they should know and demonstrate how to use that information to solve mathematic problems. The productive belief is that the role of the teacher is to engage students in tasks that promote reasoning and problem solving and facilitate discourse that moves students towards sharing understanding of mathematics. So for this one, I think that I am 5% towards the unproductive belief because the importance of definitions, the importance of formulas, all of those are rules that you can utilize in order to solve mathematical problems, but I don't think this is the only way that you should teach. So if you are demonstrating something, then you can utilize these, but within the lessons where these teachers are engaging and having students reason and problem solve and facilitate discourse in order to move students towards that shared understanding, this use of those definitions and formulas can be utilized in order to help deepen understanding. So there is a base level of understanding that's found within this exploration of sorts. Right. I think what was different about this question compared to the other questions or beliefs that we've seen is it focused on the role of the teacher and so what i kind of saw is just the first half of these sentences is what i looked at and it says the role of the teacher is to tell versus productive says the role of the teacher is to engage 
And then it goes on to discuss about a lot more. But I thought that snippet on both of them gets at the main idea that the best learning and the most productive learning happens when students are engaged with one another and can learn through that, not through being told, like the unproductive one says. And for me, I feel like I'm more of a, like, I'm going to say 50-50. But you need those... Um... You need that foundation. You need those definitions. You need those formulations. You need those rules that the teacher has to demonstrate. But if that's where you leave it, it's not any beneficial than anyone but the teacher. Like some students do really well. Like for me as a math student, when I was going through math, it worked really well for me. But if the teachers are not engaging the students in tasks of remote reasoning, reasoning and problem solving and facilitating the discourse that helps them understand the full concept of mathematics, they're not really getting to the core of idea of what the concepts they are trying to learn. They're just regurgitating information that's been passed to them, which is not, they're not taking in, understanding it, making it their own. And I think like you need both because you, you can't make it your own without knowing the definitions. Right. You can't make it your own if you don't know the concepts, but you can make it a, your own once you have those as a foundation. So maybe like the first five minutes of class, you're going through definitions, you're going through these core concepts, and then you're like, okay, I want y'all to go work with it now. Right, or that could be something that had been brought up in prior classes, mm -hmm. and then utilizing, let's say, if you even just put up a definition on the projector or something like that, like, don't forget, these are the concepts that we went over before, now use these to explore this math problem, right. you know? And I think that's kind of why I put the 5% is because it is still something that you can utilize, but it's not something that you, I don't think that that's the only thing that you should be using at all. I think right. it's just a tiny piece. And then the rest is like you go through and explore. But that's only if you're in a classroom that has gotten used to being a student-led classroom. Oh, so definitely. that's also kind of dependent. So there are some places that you can't have a student-led classroom because it's just not going to work for you. And maybe that 50-50, like you were saying, Thomas, works better for your classroom. It's just dependent on you. All of these are. I, um, I was working, I'm working in the practicum at Jump to Guard Middle School. And my the science teacher I am uh, shadowing, and she's my mentor, she has all of her definitions already printed out and posted so they can see it all through. Mm -hmm. And so she's adding them until the unit's done. It's amazing that she's up there and seen, but then they also are going together and using that cooperative aspect to actually solve their problem. It is science. It's a little more interactive. It's a little bit more, it's easier to be more student led and group and more of like group problem solving. I think the sign element that you mentioned, Thomas, was really great too and that helps a lot with the role of discussing definitions and formulas and having those up for students to use. I remember in my high school geometry class before we learned any of the concepts even the teacher had all of these posters up on the wall and then as we learned them through various engaging group methods he was able to like call us together at moments and point that out on the on a certain poster and we would have that connection to it and it would be a tool that was up all the time for us to use it but we could focus most of our energy on problem solving and facilitating discourse. That's awesome. The next and fifth unproductive belief section states that the role of the student is to memorize information that is presented and then use it to solve the routine problems on homework, quizzes, and tests. While the productive belief states that the role of the student 
is to be actively involved in making sense of mathematics tasks by using varied strategies and representations, justifying solutions, making connections to prior knowledge or familiar contexts and experiences, and considering the reasoning of others. So in this one, I leaned more towards the role of the student being actively involved in making sense of mathematic tasks by using various strategies, representations, and justifying solutions, and making connections with their prior knowledge and different connections, contexts, and experiences that they've, they've had in the past. The only issue I had with this is only because of state testing that they ha they're required by law to do in fifth grade. If I'm not mistaken, it's third grade, fifth grade, seventh, it's, it's sometime in middle school, and then in an, uh, 11th grade. And they're required to take these state tests, and those state tests are, are formulated in very unique ways, and you have to learn. For those, there has to be some teaching to the test. But most of the time, if you do work with what I was talking about before, with being actively involved and having that sense of mathematics and using variety of strategies, taking that test shouldn't be that, I would say, big of an issue, but it should become more easily and flexible in it because it will be everything that they're taught. They just have to think about it a little bit differently. And they've already been flexible so far, so it should be a flexible sense for them to get i'm just bored. that's the only thing that works or is my the little my little hang up on it is those state tests that are required for me i think i'm around 10 percent memorization and 90 percent making sense justifying making connections all of that because i think that memorization comes into play while exploring different strategies so in order to complete future classwork or whatever students might need to pull from that memory bank to do said things i know technically it's not push, 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 everyone do sit down, look at this problem, memorize this format. But in general, as you're learning that information, you're putting that in the memory bank. You're memorizing those things in order to use them for future mathematics. I mean, mm -hmm. everything that we do in math is sort of like, oh, I remember doing this, or I remember when this person put this example on the board, which was completely different than what I had done, but then now I'm going to use that strategy because I understand it better. So I think that there is that, but I don't think you should be required to quote unquote memorize exactly how I'm doing it. It's more just a natural second nature thing that you're memorizing throughout learning. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And Thomas, you brought up a great point because originally I had mine as 100% productive and 0% unproductive. And I'm like, no, the role of students is not to memorize for tests and homework and quizzes. That's just us asking students to produce something and they're not, that's not their job. Their job is to learn. But because of standardized tests, you do have to give a little bit of room into the unproductive beliefs because of that. And ideally, that's not what we should be having to ask students to do to just perform on those tests, but that is what we have. And yeah. so it becomes their role. Unfortunately, we have to do it as law. We have to give them those tests. Right, and that's the same thing that we're doing right now. We are taking the NES or the West. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that comes with, I went and I looked in a book and I was trying to memorize these terms in order to produce good results on a test. Mm -hmm. right. And that's also something that is brought into the working world. There's a lot of things that I find that if I go through and I memorize things that I can use that information when I'm in a job. Mm -hmm. So 
having that skill of memorization, I think is a really, really good thing. I just don't think that that should be the only thing that we're doing. Yeah, Definitely. It, that turns into a role of just a teacher teaching at students and then just writing everything down. At. Yeah, right. at it's at not actually students. collaborative and the students can't actually take their initiative of their own learning. Right. And that's why I push so much towards that productive belief. I do think that by especially the part that says varied strategies, that is huge. We just did that in this math class specifically, mm -hmm. is we all said, this is how I got to this problem. And what was interesting is that every single one of us that did it a different way saw that there were benefits to something that somebody else did. Mm -hmm. And then taking those pieces and kind of utilizing that in your... I keep saying this, but memory bank is something mm -hmm. that you can use for the future to make it easier for yourself. Yeah. So. And I also really love those dot talks. They just promote uh, that everyone can do math because it doesn't matter the end result. It just matters about thinking about the problem critically. You can't be discredited for your thinking of just explaining what you're thinking. Having these varied strategies and sharing the varied strategies, I think that is the most important. Because when you're sharing strategies, especially just how we have this podcast, we're sharing different mm -hmm. ideas and we have different ideas and it opens up different parts of our brain. And I think that's the benefit. That's where education happens. Right. And it's super common to apply that concept and that idea to the humanities and to English and history of, yeah, let's, let's hear from other people or let's hear in order to solve issues. That's something really common in life, but that's not something until recently that I've seen in math. Because once again, it's that yes or no, mm. right or wrong mentality when we can learn so much from each other. This last and sixth unproductive belief section reads, an effective teacher makes the mathematics easy for students by guiding them step-by-step step through problem solving to ensure that they are not frustrated or confused. Well, the productive belief section reads, an effective teacher provides students with appropriate challenge, encourages perseverance in solving problems, and supports productive struggle in learning mathematics. Primarily, my focus was on the productive beliefs, and I put about 90-something over on that side. But I did have to leave a little bit to unproductive beliefs, which was saying that an effective teacher makes the mathematics easy for students by guiding them step-by-step step through problems. Because sometimes that is the base. That is where we need to start. And yes, making them not frustrated and not be confused and leading them through is what can make them comfortable enough to start to be challenged. Because if we already have that mental wall up, we're not going anywhere. And I agree with you, Annabelle, when you're uh, when you said that it's the foundation that students or teachers have to go step by step to be able to give them that first example, maybe even a second example. And then great teachers let the children go and work together and solve it after that, not keep going step by step through every single problem. That's where you lose. It's that at teaching again. Mm hmm. Um, and I think that teachers should be providing students with challenges for their individual learning levels. So providing them with problems that are just a little bit past their knowledge in order to encourage that, that perseverance and that productive struggle, that's fine. I think that 95% of the lesson should utilize that strategy. But I think that there are instances where the productive struggle ends and teachers should guide students step by step through this problem solving. There's times and places where the strategy is necessary where in order to understand the original concepts or provide students with a base understanding like you were saying is going to help prevent future frustrations. 
So when the information is provided, you can use it to support the future learning or the current mm -hmm. struggle that's happening without mm -hmm. causing them to pull away from the learning. And I don't know about y'all, but the best learning I learned was when it wasn't easy. Definitely. I learned something that was hard. It was, it's a productive struggle. It's, it's not out of my reach, but it's at my fingertips. I just have to work my way up to it. I have yeah. to pull myself up to that level. It's that exhilaration of being challenged and, and realizing what you're capable and of. And an aha moment children mm -hmm. need. I know for me, I, as a student, I thought that a lot of math was easy and I was never challenged until I got to a grade that challenged me. And at that point I was like, whoa, no, 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 no. This is not math. This is, it's easy for me. I don't know how to be a, mm -hmm. I don't know how to ha actually have to work at math. It's just great for life. Right. And that's where you're, you're continuously monitoring mm -hmm. each student to see if they're at that point where it, am I being equitable and, and support them in the way that they need to be supported. A lot of the major issues in math or that students bring forward has to do with their social emotional not being met in math, like you were talking about, to an extent with that frustration of it being too easy or too hard. And with math, once again, being seen as a cut and dry subject, it's easy to stop thinking about the emotional side and the identity side that goes into math. Mm -hmm. For Thomas, it was, I'm good at math, which made it when it was difficult, hard for him to struggle because that wasn't speaking no, to both of ours. But it makes it hard to see yourself or think of yourself as struggling in math because you see yourself as just being good at math. Mm -hmm. So there's that wall because there wasn't that social emotional awareness at some point with the teacher as well. And opposite for me. <laughs> and I, I didn't know how to discourse well. Like mm -hmm. I could say, I, I was always the one who solved the problem, but also I reworked the problem to make sure I got it right because I really didn't like teachers barking my paper out with red. Because then when I was going through school, that was their biggest thing. Like, you got it wrong. You got right. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. blah. I was like, oh, well, if I can solve the problem backwards, I know if I got it right or if I know if I got it wrong. Yeah, and mine was, oh, I'm getting marked up on my paper and I'm not getting any support in my social emotional mm -hmm. and I hate math and I'm not gonna do it anymore. <laughs> right? So that's a huge thing. I mean, just perseverance and productive struggle can't be, can't be everything. Mm -hmm. We hope that this was insightful and gave you a look into current material being brought to the table in our elementary education program here at Washington State University. We understand that many programs do not provide the same types of materials to ponder. We hope that you will utilize these to evaluate your own belief system. Let us know your thoughts and thank you for listening to yet another Triple I episode. Thank you for coming along with us on this academic journey. Click that follow button so you can join us next time for more ins and outs of education, past, present, and future.